Hey, welcome to Teb's Talks, the Prometheus podcast. If you want to check out more of the things I do, head to jasontebs.com. What is up, everybody? It is Teb's Talks, the Prometheus podcast. I am your host, as always, Jason Tebs. And at my company, at my business, we are doing what's called a SWOT analysis. So the, the strengths of the businesses, the weakness, the strengths of the business, the weaknesses, uh, opportunities, and why can I not think of what the T stands for? Oh, threats. So what what is a potential danger against the particular business? And I'm not going to go into the specifics of like, oh, what are my company's strengths and weaknesses and opportunities and threats? Um, but it, it's led us to have a lot of broader conversations about the world around us and just what's what's going on that affects our day-to-day lives um and a lot is going on i feel like throughout history there's always been a lot going on um there's never been a point in history where the world has just been kumbaya and peaceful but when when you sit down and and you're supposed to think about these things like okay like what's going on in the world how how do how can it affect our business you really start to think like okay what's going on in the world and just how does it affect my life? And it, and it becomes, it becomes kind of taxing, right? I hate to use the word unprecedented. I, I hate that word. That has become my least favorite word in the English dictionary. Unprecedented. Every time I hear that word, I just want to tear my hair out. I'm tired of hearing this is unprecedented. That's unprecedented. Like, sure, used sparingly, that that's a great word great word has great meaning behind it you know never before seen like to a level that is out of the ordinary it's unprecedented but now you just it's all over the place and yeah worldwide pandemic texas freezes over crazy hurricane uh hits the east coast flooding in new york and manhattan or new york and new jersey California's on fire, although, you know, that's not super new. That's not like a new development. That happens pretty consistently. Flooding in places like Belgium and China and like a lot of things are going on. Then you have the whole political atmosphere. You got the whole economic atmosphere where homes are at the highest, obviously, they've ever been. Like things tend to generally trend up in price just naturally by inflation. But two years ago, I bought my home for 199000 It's a condo. You know, I share two walls. Uh, my ceiling is the floor of the people below me, and my floor is the ceiling of or my... You get what I'm saying, right? So it's a condo. It's not a standalone unit. I bought it for 199000 two years ago. These same condos are now going for three hundred. So we'll just round. I, I bought it for two hundred. They're now going for three hundred thousand. That is a fifty percent increase in two years. Fifty percent increase in two years. Now one might think like, "Wow, Jason, that's a great return on investment. Like you could cash out and be sitting golden." And it's like, not really, because then I would have to also buy a house in this economy, and it was already hard enough. It was already hard enough. Um, I got a. I don't mind saying this open openly. So I've been with my company for two years. I started at $47,000 plus bonuses. Um, 
but we'll just go off my base pay $47,000 after two years, you know, Oh, performance. Yeah. You qualify for a raise. My raise was 1%, 1% raise $470 a year. That's the raise I got. Meanwhile, in those two years, the price of a home has gone up 50%. That's outrageous. And other things, you know, oh, they, they, they look like, oh, okay, well, the, the cost of living was like 0.63% in the last year. And so we're going to give you a cost of living plus a little bit of a bump. And part of me is like, shouldn't the cost of living increase just happen automatically? Like, hey, where you live, you're going to need this much more just to survive to cover how much stuff has increased. And then my performance above and beyond that, or my performance should dictate above and beyond that. Not my performance dictates if I get the cost of living change. So that's something that like just viewing it and seeing the huge discrepancy, mind blowing. Gas has gone up at least 25% in these last two years. Groceries, I can't say have gone crazy high or anything. Um, you know, my mortgage, yeah, stays. My mortgage is the same as it was two years ago, right? Because mortgage, it's a fixed cost. It doesn't increase. So it's like, sure, I, I still technically can survive. But, you know, you you get what I'm saying, though, right? Doing this whole thing where it's like, you know, this has been going on and it's affecting businesses this way. And this it affects our business that way. And then, you know, people bring up stuff that you don't even think about. Like, oh, technology is going to go this direction. And certain policies are coming out that are going that direction. And I don't blame anybody because I, for sure, am in this category that just can't keep up with it all. Because you can't. There's too much going on in this world to keep up with everything. And you can't, like, be behind every single cause. Like, I generally want to do better in the world, or I generally want to do good in the world and leave it better than I came into it. Like I, That's just a general desire of mine. And sure, I could be saying, hey, I'm going to go to a plant-based diet because the meat industry causes this much damage to the environment. And it's more sustainable if we eat things like bugs or if we go to a plant-based diet. And it's healthier for you. And I could get behind like, oh... This underrepresented section of people, like, let's bolster them up. Let's give them the opportunities. And, oh, these workers in this sector, like, let's make sure that they're taken care of. And this social cause and that social cause. And I, I can't actively be a part of it all. I can't keep up with it all. And there are some movements, as great as they might be, that I just fundamentally can't get behind on both sides. You know, if we're, if we're going to say a left and a right spectrum, they're just movements I can't get behind. Like one I'll say up front blatantly, like anti-vax. I, I, I cannot get behind anti-vax. But, you know, oh, individual liberties. What, you can't you can't fight for individual liberties? I'm like, no, I, I'm all for individual liberties. But I also say your liberties stop the second you are causing harm or potentially causing harm to somebody else or their property. It's like, yeah, I could be, you know, one thing I can get behind is, hey, we need to treat our planet better. I, I can get behind that. I support that. But again, have I changed my day-to-day -day life to better incorporate that? 
not a whole ton because I'm just trying to get by. Like I'm just trying to get by in the world. I watched a TikTok by Hank Green. And if you don't know who Hank Green is, he is, he started off as like a YouTuber. Him and his brother were doing like YouTube videos. Um, and since then he has written books. He has started many a different companies, many different YouTube channels like SciShow. If you've ever seen anything on YouTube from SciShow, that was started by Hank Green. Um, and Hank had a TikTok where he was going over like, I get the idea that people say, why is it me as an individual? Like, why is it my responsibility to be sustainable and save this planet when, you know, only a small handful of companies cause a vast majority of the pollution? And he's like, he's like, that's not the right mindset to be in. Because if you are individually living a cause and being an active participant in a cause, you are more likely to vote in and push policy change for that cause. So if you can adopt it on an individual basis and we can get more people to adopt it on an individual basis and hoist that responsibility, we then will come together and say, hey, we're doing our part. It's time that you do your part. And we really can force that and push that and advocate and see these changes. Because oftentimes people will say like, okay, sure, I might do changes, but the global scale is not going to change unless these global industries change. So what what difference is it going to make? Let's take the words of Michael Jackson. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying this is any sort of call to action. And if I was, it would be very hypocritical of me. Um, I, I like to try and call out whenever I am a hypocrite. And doing better for the health of my planet might be something that I'm very hypocritical about. Because on one hand, I believe we do need to do more. There does need to be a change. What we're doing is not sustainable. On the other hand, I'm not like actively doing all that much. I love grilling me a steak. I buy a bunch of electronics, right? So what can what can we do to make the world a better place when we leave than when we came into it? My big thing that I have gone to, and I'm I'm of the philosophy that and I use the word faith not specifically religiously. But when your faith in something is being shaken, go to those strong foundations of what you know, right? And so let me let me pivot it into, yes, I'm going to use faith in strictly a religious connotation. The world at large, well, I shouldn't say the world at large. There are many groups of people that have a worldview that's different than what the general doctrinal view of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is. I'm talking specifically in terms of like the LGBTQ plus movement. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the LGBTQ plus community don't exactly see eye to eye. I have friends that are 
LGBTQ+, former members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I am an active member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And then you just see it generally around you as well. And when I have these friends that I fundamentally, wholeheartedly, with so much of my being, love them so much, and I have a religion that many would say is completely contrary in its teachings to the acceptance of who they are, even though I don't see it that way, what do I revert back to? What, what do I go back to as the strong foundation? Well, Christ taught, hey, love one another. Christ was hanging out with the, with the harlots. Christ was hanging out with the thieves. Christ was talking to the people that just had an open ear and a humble heart. And he just loved everyone. And I love my friends. Like, I, I love them. So here I am sitting here thinking like, okay, yeah, there are, there are some foundational things that I believe, such as the ceiling to my wife is the greatest blessing that has ever happened to me. And that the ability to bring a child into this world is a magnificent blessing. That helps further God's plan. Because part of God's plan is he needs his spirit children to get physical bodies. And I was able to aid that in a marriage that we are bound together in the eyes of God and in the eyes of the, the state and that we are going to work together for the betterment of all three of us, for me and my wife and our child. And we want to raise that child the best we can and love that child the best we can. Raise them to be a good person, to love and serve his fellow people, right? So much of my faith is just that if we loved each other and if we served one another, that's what God, that's, that's just, at, at the end of the day, that's all God wants from us, really. Like, that's 90%. And then the last 10% is just making certain promises. And you know what? Those promises in the beginning are, hey, just love one another and serve one another, right? And you don't have to be religious to do that. I've talked about this before. Like, many non-religious people love one another and serve one another. So, that that's where I go where, you, you know, as a, as a recent example... Elder Holland gives a talk at a BYU devotional and he says some words that many found offense in. Now, do I believe that they took it out of context? Yes, but you know, there was there was room where somebody could possibly take it out of context, right? It it just happened. It's unfortunate that it did, but it did, but it it angered a lot of people. And it's not the only instance where a leader of this church that I'm part of has said something that has angered people outside of this religion and even people inside this religion. So it's like, here I have some friends that are part of this group where a lot of people in that group got very angered by the words he said. And I'm sitting here like, okay, slightly taken out of context, but I can see where your frustration lies. I understand why you'd be frustrated in this, in this instance and in many other instances. I get that. But at the end of the day, my dear friend, I love you so much. I am here for you. If you need anything, let me know. Like, if you want to talk about things, let's talk about things. If you need a ride to the airport, I'll give you a ride to the airport. You know, if, if you just need somebody to hang out with and do stupid stuff on the weekend, like, I'll hang out with you and do some stupid stuff on the weekend. Because at the end of the day, no matter 
what gets said over a pulpit by members of, by leaders of the church I belong to, no matter what they say, I'm still going to love you because you are my friend and you are near and dear to my heart. And there are things that we can disagree on. That's just part of life. There are always things that we're going to disagree on. But from my world, from my view, you are valid, you matter, you deserve love, you deserve respect, and that's what God wants me to do. So I, I, I feel like, yes, I can, I can, and everybody can. I can still be a very active member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and believe what I believe and make those covenants and make those promises and go to the temple while still supporting and loving my friends that are part of like the LGBTQ plus group. Like it's, it's definitely possible. So to tie that back all in to like this whole SWOT analysis thing, you know, to come full circle at the end of this episode, we're, we're talking about, okay, here are strengths, here are weaknesses, and I get overwhelmed and there's just so much being discussed and, you know, a lot of it is negative. Like what are the threats to just society as a whole, right? You know, you have to discuss that there is discourse in different things because it can affect you in ways that you might not fully understand. So I have to go back and be like, hey, at the end of the day, globally, if we all just came together and were willing to help each other out a little more, if we all just came together and learned to love each other a little more, even with our differences in political ideologies, religious ideologies, uh, skin color, geographical region, even with those differences, if we can just help one another out, we'll be okay. And then specifically for my business, I'm like, hey, I have metrics and numbers I have to hit. And yeah, you know, we can plan for this, that, and the other. We can talk about this, that, and the other. We can strategize this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, it's like I get on phone calls with our customers. And if I can just help them out, things will generally be okay. You know, no matter what problem comes up, no matter what disagreement comes up, if I can just kind of help them out, things will be okay. Like a specific example, somebody is looking to cancel the service with my company. They are wanting a refund since they were not able to use our software due to unforeseen circumstances. We're, we're at an impasse with agreements that were signed, term lengths that were discussed and agreed upon, and so now we're having that conversation of, you know, what's fair for both parties. And it's not an easy conversation to have. Because on one hand, you have the customer that's like, hey, I want out. I haven't been able to use. And then you have on my company's side, like, well, you agreed to have access to the software. We are holding upholding our end of the agreement. But not an easy, not an easy conversation to have on either end. A conversation nobody wants to have. And... Not everybody can be fully satisfied. So I, I have to go back and be like, hey, the best I can do is the best I can do. I can hear both sides out. I can be okay with whatever decision comes to light because it's one one customer out of thousands and thousands and thousands. Like they will go on. Their life will go on. My life will go on. The business's life will go on. It's not all hanging in the balance of just this one thing. Even though this week, this one issue is at the forefront of my mind and what I need to handle. 
So I'm just handling what's in front of me, trying to do the best I can. And there's this whole SWOT analysis that we're also discussing happening big picture. But I still believe the fundamentals, if we can just try and help each other out a little more, it'd be great. You know, help yourself a little more, help others a little more, help the planet a little more. Little baby steps, just one step at a time. Last thing I'm going to end you with is progression is not linear. It has its ups and downs and it ebbs and flows. I think we all want to progress in life, whether that's career, whether that's knowledge, whether that's relationships. Progression's not linear. A lot lot of times we beat ourselves up when we're not perfect in anything, but you can still be working towards bettering yourself and have slip ups. And that's okay. And that's going to happen to all of us. So just like a lot of stuff is happening in life, I'm just kind of tired. And sometimes I just want to shut it out. But if I just go to those fundamentals, I should be okay. And so should you. Anyway, thanks for listening to this episode of Teb's Talks, the premier useless podcast. Um, go ahead, like, favorite, share, follow, rate the podcast. Like, favorite, share, follow, rate the podcast. Whatever you do on your respective platform. Check out my website, jasontebs.com. Uh, different social media platforms. Pummelhead, that's that's my tag. Um, and I'll catch you whenever I catch you. I know the last episode, I was like, hey, I want to get back on the horse, do more episodes. And obviously, we're a couple of weeks after that. Um, of just radio silence for me. So I am not going to make any promises on the consistency that I do any sort of blog post or any sort of podcast episode or any sort of creative endeavor on any degree. To be honest, I've been playing way too much of the Formula One 2021 game um, just to like get my mind off of it all. So that might still be happening. Peace out. Catch you next time. Go forth.